Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Welcome to The Sports Angle, live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Let's get into it. Go to our website, thesportsangle.com. Check out all the articles we have on there, audio, video, live streams. We have it all on thesportsangle.com. And follow all the content on social media at The Sports Angle. Like, share. We appreciate the support. Today, we have King Czar here on the show. Welcome back to Sports Angle. How's it going? Hey, man. Glad to be back. Um, you know, looking forward to uh, the topics that we're going to be discussing today. Um, you know, we're in the, the basis that time of the year. Uh, we're in, you know, June, approaching the summertime. And uh, so I think it's going to be a great show. And I'm always uh, welcome to do a show with you, my brother. Let's get into it. Major League Baseball over the last two weeks. They have been cracking down on pitchers using foreign substances on the ball, uh, putting sunscreen on the ball, putting, you know, tar on the ball, you know, like just putting like stuff like Rosen, like rosin bag, using that to kind of put more spin on the ball to have more revs, more rotation. And uh, there's facts that have backed up the fact that, yes, there is more spins on the ball. The RPMs have gone up a huge amount from the two years compared to now. And when it comes to being a baseball fan, could we both watch baseball? It's a sport that we both love. I want to know from your opinion, what do you think about pitchers using foreign substances? I mean, is, what is your opinion? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Are you for it? Are you against it? Like what is your opinion on pitchers using foreign substances in MLB? So for me, I mean, it's, it's, it's this is tough because, you know, this is pretty much kind of not necessarily drug, you know, swept under the rug. But when it comes, you know, the bigger issue has always been the steroids, you know, the pads. You know, we go back to we were just talking about that with some friends. It's, it's a tough thing because you can talk about it with when it comes all know, these the, guys, you know, making the Hall of Fame, you know, McGuire, Sammy Sosa, um, and and obviously they're cheaters, right? You know, we all agree. However, and, and for a lot of people, that McGuire Sosa was probably the greatest season of baseball to me. And I believe it's saved baseball, right? Yeah. So with that being said, now we're talking about pitchers, you know, pine tar. Uh, they were showing, I was watching the show earlier, they were showing Phil Necro, I forgot, rubbing his forehead, getting the sweat, you know, getting the sweat on oh, the Oh, yeah, ball. it's an old-school tactic, you know, right, put stuff right. on the hair, rub it on so, the So, for me, it, with pitches, I think it's, it's harder because 
you know, remember, remember John, was it, was it Greg Maddox and I think Tom Glavin, the chicks dig the long ball commercial. You remember that? Oh, Atlanta Braves, 1990s. Right. So it's like, and they, and they crack down on that. So for pitchers, we, we want more offense. Although I love seeing a one hitter thrown or DeGrom, you know, as a Mets fan, you know, throwing, getting 12 K's, throwing a hundred miles an hour in the seventh inning. So so for me, it's, it's, it's a tough one because it's been happening. People are still getting suspended, even for pets. Um, if, if, if hitters are going to do it, pitchers are going to find them an advantage as well. So while I'm not for it, it's like if they can't get cheating out of baseball, period, if hitters are doing it, then that pitchers, at least they're not putting that in their body, you know, to throw faster or to throw harder. So for me, for me, it's tough. It's, it's really, it's really, I don't know. I, I, I'm on this side, then I'm on this side, but I just feel now they're trying to crack down on it. We'll see what what they do going forward. Pete Alonso, again, another Met player, has his theories, and I was kind of seeing some stuff on how he feels about it and what should be done. And I'm sure a lot of hitters don't like it, just like a lot of pitchers don't like hitters on pads, right? So it, that this is an ongoing thing, and I don't think it'll ever be clear, in my opinion. As we're talking about, you know, foreign substances, as we're talking about cheating in Major League Baseball, I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. We're here with King Czar OG here on the Sports Angle. I'm glad you brought up Pete Alonso because, you know, he brought up that conspiracy theory about how they're trying to do this because of the free agent market, how MLB manipulates the free agent market that was released a couple hours ago. But I want to spin this. Because do you find it a bit hypocritical that two years ago, guys like Pete Alonzo were taking advantage of the juiced baseball and hitting 40 home runs, 50 home runs a year, but now they're crying wolf about it because the pitchers now have the advantage? Do you think it's hypocritical that MLB is now cracking down on pitchers, but when two years ago, uh, most MLB teams broke their single season record for most home runs in a season? They were cheering and applauding. Is it hypocritical? Uh, of course it's hypocritical. It, and it's, uh, what do you call it? It's a double standard. It's mm-hmm. it's like, we can compare it to a lot of things, you know, man versus woman. And, you know, boy versus girl are, you know, again, offense versus defense. This is, this is what we got here. It's mm-hmm. offense versus defense. Ratings, right? We want ratings, money. What brings ratings, money? Offense, what they say. Offensive brings the people. Defense wins the championships. Pitching wins the championships. So in the World Series, we love that. But during a 162-game season, we get home, we watch highlights on SportsCenter, we want to see home runs, right? So, again, it's a double-edged sword. Uh, it's a double standard. And, no, it's it's not right. But at the same time, it's a big business. Not a business. It's a big business. Oh, $10 billion business. There you go. So it's what we're left with, unfortunately. And there, there, there's no politically way to be correct on this. It just, it is what it is. It's what to expect. Um, it's what keeps the, the doors open. And so they're going to, while they're going to try to protect, they're also going to look out for themselves because like you just said, it's a million dollar industry. So they, they have to be really critical and they have to, you know, make sure the decisions that they do make also favor the game of baseball. 
most importantly. So that's the problem. Talking about baseball here on the Sports Angle, I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. We're here with Kings R. Pitchers like Jacob deGrom have been lights out. They've been clutch. They've been elite. I mean, Jacob deGrom, 104 miles an hour. There was one of those pitches that was reported a while ago. And you're seeing these hard hit, uh, hitters. You're seeing these people who are pitching 101, 102 consistently. I mean, Rodas Chapman, Jordan Hicks, just to name a few. Do you believe that the strength and conditioning during the offseason, the way that they're being brought up to play baseball, could that be the reason why we're seeing so many hitter, uh, so many fast uh, pitchers in MLB? We're seeing so many, you know, heavy, you know, oh, let's go out there and just pitch fastball after fastball after fastball and see if they can get one past you. Is, does that start from the bottom? Does that start when they were beginning, you know, growing up into baseball? Or do you think that is when they're in the minor leagues, when they're trying to get to the majors, they're having that strength and conditioning by coaches and by, you know, the pitching coaches and everything trying to help them out? What do you think? I mean, again, that's a yes and no. So, yes, you, I mean, a pitcher I like to use an example of when I talk about, you know, dominance and, you know, the, the body frame versus the, you know, the, how, how hard they throw is uh, Tim Lincecum. Uh, ex pitcher for the San Francisco Giants. Yeah. I remember watching this dude. This dude was like five, I think five ten, five eleven, one. I don't know, seventy. And the dude would literally th- throw as hard as Randy Johnson, right? And mm-hmm. then I don't know. I know you're a big baseball guy, so you may know this. I'm in the Bay Area, so we get. I don't like the Giants, and you know, but we get a lot of uh, stories. So I don't know how if you knew how he was brought up, how his father, not coach how his father taught him how to throw. And so he actually, and, and there's a while ago when I saw years ago, but he would throw from his whole body because he was so little, they didn't want him to break down, but he would, they mm-hmm. had this mechanics where he would throw from his whole body up to, you know, obviously the pitch to be able to throw that hard on regular. Yeah, as we, he had one of the most unique mechanics in like baseball. Uh, yeah. Dude, it was crazy. And obviously he did last a little while, you know, the way through, but obviously he wasn't, you know, a long time. Eventually it did catch up to his little friend. Nine years in MLB. I mean, he did okay. Right, right. Um, so, you know, the, the, I look at that. Now, as far as like you mentioned the grow, I mean, like, like who, for example, Taewon Walker, who I brought up before we started the show that we picked up um, during spring training. Uh, and that's why I was excited about it. But people didn't know this. And that's why, you know, he was one of the last pitchers to get picked up. He mm-hmm. added about four or five miles to his fastball. So I don't know if you heard that. Um, I don't I know. I don't know why or how I didn't really look into it. I was just I, I was just happy as a Mets fan. But obviously, this doesn't go back to high school or growing up. He's been in the majors about, what, six years? I don't know. Around five or six years. Right. And then all of a sudden, he throws five, six miles per hour, you know, coming off one year. How would you explain that? Well, my angle would be the strength and conditioning. I mean, you have all these pitchers that have training uh, training coaches. They got trainers. They got, you know, all these camps they do in the offseason. There have been videos where pitchers have gone in December looking one way, and then they come back in March when they're doing the spring training, and they look completely different. You like change out their workout routine. They change their eating habits. Uh, CC Zabathia is one of the biggest examples. 
Right. He went from looking like a guy who weighs 350 pounds. Now he looks like he's 240 and he's got muscles in almost every single part of his body. Right. And that has to do with your diet and your workout routine. Big time. So I say that when it comes to pitchers, uh, them fixing their mechanics, having their coaches help them on certain aspects, that will gain you a couple miles per hour on your pitches. Right. So I say that my angle is that the training that they do in the off season is why they're pitching so fast and pitching right. so hard on the mound. Right. And, and I definitely, and I definitely think influencing, um, you know, depending on who you're with. So for example, and I, and I like using my team because obviously it's who I, you know, watch the most and I'm up on, you know, you know, situations within my organization. Uh, Marcus Stroman, for example, um, pitched a lot with DeGrom, trained a lot with DeGrom, and added stuff to his, if you notice, and he's been a little bit more dominant himself um, and said he's he owes it all to DeGrom. And like you said, it's probably the type of workouts, the strength of the conditioning and things that DeGrom does that he's able to feed off being a teammate and taking that time and dedication to let DeGrom show him a few things and so forth. Um, not, not, I'm not exactly sure he kind of talked about it and it was, you know, different techniques, you know, things of that nature, nothing to do hopefully with pads, obviously, <laughs> but, um, you know, he, 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 you know, he gave it up to DeGrom and said, this dude is crazy. And obviously, um, we were just talking about, um, what well, one of my friends, I was just looking at numbers, you know, periodically and Kevin Gaussman, who was seven and zero. With like a one something ERA, I was like, "What? I didn't know that." I'm like, "This dude." I'm like, "This dude was supposed to be a, a top pitcher about what six years ago?" Yeah, Atlanta Braves. Yeah, it was Baltimore, I think. First, I think it was the, was the farm system he came up in, mm-hmm. and he never panned out. And I was like, "Wow, huh?" You know, like, again, I don't know. Does it? Some some people are late bloomers. You know what I mean? And then I was looking at it, and then I said, "Oh, this guy might be the Cy Young front runner." And then you look at DeGrom, it always comes back to DeGrom. And dude, this guy is doing, this guy is from the, the 40s, bro. DeGrom, he's doing stuff like, like the pictures we named, um, Phil mm-hmm. Negro and like these, um, there's a couple other guys that were comparing them to. The dude has a .57 ERA and has like, 35 more strikeouts to the innings that he's thrown. Like, dude, it's 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 crazy, bro. And I know we're gonna get into more of the Mets talk, but dude, it, it's crazy. But it, it, for him, I mean, obviously his gift, you gotta have a gift. Some people mm-hmm. are more gifted, obviously, but I do think, you know, I agree with your strengthening and your training. Um, but you know, for veterans to, you know, kind of do stuff like that, it, it just, it has to be that, you know, because, you know, you can't be, you know, from the peewee leagues and then, you know, five years in the majors, you're throwing 90, 91 miles an hour and in year seven, you're throwing 95, 96. So it's a little bit of a myth out there in my opinion. <laughs> so I'm glad you brought up DeGrom because yeah, he really is bringing it back to when the nineties, you had Pedro, you had Clavin, you had Maddox. Back in the 60s and 70s, you had Bob Gibson, you had Don Drysdale, you had Sandy Koufax, you had the greatest pitchers, you know, pitching in the greatest eras. And pitching, I feel like, has had somewhat of a resurgence. And I know the foreign substances, all the people watching the show right now 
is going to say, oh, of course, because they're using foreign substances. I'm going to ignore that, and I'm just going to focus on the facts. You have had eight no-hitters this year. You are having pitchers have ERAs heading into June that are lower than one, which normally isn't happening. You have DeGrom, you have Cole, you have Bieber. I mean, there's so many good pitchers that you can put in the top 20 of all the players in MLB. Do you believe that pitching is now going back to what it was in the early 90s, when it was in the 70s, when pitchers dominated and it wasn't a huge shock and awe? Because that's what it was back in the day. Pitchers were actually the main spotlight. It wasn't the hitters. Right. So so for, for me, I, I, I wouldn't say that it's going back to that. Because for me, it's not as consistent. You just mentioned yourself two years ago, the juice ball. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what's going to happen next year. Are we going to get new baseballs? Are, are they going to do this? Are, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I think, and again, we don't know how much control or behind closed doors, who's doing what and, you know, where. But, you know, again, we were just talking about people complaining that the ball is juice. So, you know, the balls are flying. It's either the hitter strikes out or they hit a home run. Remember that? There is yeah, no single hitter. Like the small ball is no more. Remember, they were just talking about that. There is no more small ball. The, yeah, you know, there's the no line run. drive down the first base. Right, the single. There's no more of that. You know, it's all. It's either it's all or nothing. So, mm-hmm. you know, same with the pitchers. They're either going to strike you out or you're going to hit a home run off of them. So now, now it, what you're saying, it's looking like that. But is that meaning that's what we're going to be? 2021, I don't know. 2022, I don't know. It's just different. The 90s, which is my favorite era, you know, 80s, 90s, just sports in general. I love it. You know, I, the Braves dominated us, but as a Mets fan, <laughs> but, you know, I was a big Chipper Jones fan, you know, that team. So um, I, I just don't know how consistent it'll be. I can already see once people start complaining, oh, you know, the offensive suck is boring. The pitchers are doing, giving up one run per game, like you just said. Baseball's going to come along. All of a sudden, for some reason, offenses are going to pick up. More home runs are going to be hit. So that's just what we're dealt with, you know, in this day and age anyway. Now we're talking about baseball here on the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocker Kelly. He's King Czar. One last aspect of, you know, the whole foreign substances and baseballs and pitching and all of that is the time of distance that baseball is in right now. There are baseball fans that are casual. that are like, you know what? The game is too long. You know what? I can take a nap in the first inning and and come back to, you know, being awake and it's it's still the fifth inning. There's people who complain about how much time it takes. But people don't realize that in 2021, the time of length have actually gone down as compared to recent years. And with these pitching performances that we're seeing right now, that's a huge part of it. So for the people who complain that it's too long, wouldn't they want games to be a 1-0, 2-1, 3-2 game because it is quicker, because it is a faster game as a result? I mean, after all, the average game uh, this year in MLB is three hours and four seconds. A couple of years ago, it was three hours and 45 seconds. That's how much it has decreased over time. So do you agree or disagree that having the games be shorter 
because of these pitching performances. Is it good for the fans or will the fans still complain and go, we want the game to be shorter, but we want also eight home runs per game? Well, that's just what I was going to say. Uh, what I just said earlier, it's a double-edged sword. <laughs> it's, it's, yes, I don't want to be here for four hours, but at the same time, I don't want to just see, you know, one nothing, two one strikeouts, ground outs, fly outs. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So obviously with more runs, more offense, more pitching changes, more delays comes, you know, a longer baseball game. So mm -hmm. you, you have to pick and choose, you, you know, you can't have it both ways. You can't have a 10 to eight ball game in three hours. It's just not going to happen. Not possible. So, so in, in my opinion, uh, again, it is, it's my, my take, just like any other sport that you, that you don't like, or you like, it's just the, the interest level that the fan has. If you're not a baseball fan, you know, don't watch it. Like if you, you can't, it's not going to happen. You, you can't make the sport now. Now this is, this is something that I suggested, you know, um, and, and, and with other sports in different situations, like the time they take in between pitches or the time they take in the batter's box and how they call timeout so often, like there is stuff that could speed the game up. Right. You know what I mean? So like they made, the only, the only improvement that I can see is it seems like it is a lot of, you know, dead time, you know, in some of those areas mm -hmm. I mentioned, pitching changes. It takes forever. I know the guy has to warm up. Uh, timeouts. Yeah, there you go. So for me, I think the answer would be, you know, you can't affect the offense or lack of offense. Uh, as far as from a time standpoint, I would, you know, I don't know. And again, you might know the rules of in between pitches, how long they have. Or, you know, when they mm -hmm. take a timeout, you know, maybe the batter only gets one timeout per at bat because at times you'll see them put their put their hand up. And I've seen oh. them do it like three or four times and one at bat. Well, see, the minor, like, because we are in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world, we have a triple-A baseball team. And they have a lot of the minor league rules are different than MLB. I'll give you a perfect example. Hey, I ha they have a pitch clock in minor league baseball. So you only have 18 seconds from when the catcher pitches it back to the pitcher. He has to get set, get ready, and he has to do all of that in 18 seconds. And it speeds up the game very quickly. Right. Uh, timeouts, you know, I've also noticed that batters only get two timeouts per at bat. Okay. So they can't just like after every single pitch go time and then do a practice swing to get back in the box. They're only allowed to do that twice. Right. And when it comes to mound visits, if I remember correctly, I think they are only allowed to have six mound visits per game, which right. speeds up how the game is being played. Right. So if they incorporated some of that in from minor league baseball to major league baseball, it would speed up the game. The latest aviators game I went to when I was covering it and I wrote an article for the sportsangle.com, the game was like two hours and 48 minutes. Like it was actually a very quick game. So uh, they incorporated that. It would make it a lot faster. But I do agree with you that you do have to have offense. You do have to have, you know, fans to give them something to cheer for and to be like, hey, they celebrate a home run. They have fireworks go off in center field. So I agree with you on that. Now, so now we're quick, let me say one more thing just so, just to stay on this and you can go ahead. Um, mm -hmm. And here's another thing where, again, double-edged sword. You ask for it, then you complain about it. Now they have this instant replay, right? You know, is it a home run? Is it not? Let's go watch the tape. Was he out? 
And people, when they, when they didn't have that in the 80s and 90s, right? No, oh, not. man, we got robbed. There was a home run. The, the fan put the arm out. Oh, man, he, he got to first. You know, Ty goes to the runner. Then we get this replay, and it takes forever. So now everybody's complaining, yeah. but they get the call right. Isn't that what should matter, right? But mm-hmm. they're still complaining. So you either you either take it or you don't. Don't complain that we need replay, and then when you get it, Oh, it's slowing the game down. I agree it slows the game down, but you should know that before you ask for it. When you watch other sports that have had it, of course it slows the game down. So NBA, you, NFL, NHL, they all have it. Right. So it's like it's like you can't make the perfect game, the perfect time. You got to let these games natural. You know, there's adjustments that can be made, but you're never going to have the perfect game, you know, as far as on your time and how much is, how many runs are scored and, you know, yada, yada. It, it just depends, but it just kills me. You either going to take it this way or that way. It does, you can't have it both ways. We're here on the sports angle talking about baseball. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. We're here with Kings ROG. Let's go to the comments and let's go to the chat and use the hashtag the sports angle to engage in the conversation on Twitter. So the first question is actually for you, Zar. And someone on Twitter said, DeGrom or Cole, who's the better pitcher? Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, you can, if I say DeGrom, I mean, you can say I'm biased. But to be honest, if you look at the numbers over the last three or four years, I think, the, I mean, Cole's fabulous. He's easily, mm-hmm. you can even go 1A, 1B. But I just think DeGrom is proven he throws the hardest. He's number one. And later in innings, he throws the hardest. Also, his ERA versus Cole, there's no comparison. This dude's ERA is like you mentioned, the Kofaxes. And uh, when he won the Cy Young, I think it was in, it was either 2019 or 2018, the year where he only won, he only won 10 games, right? Yeah, he went 10 and 10. Right. I think they said his, his, his whip or his ERA was like the best since like, back in the 50s or something like yeah, that. Bob Gibson, 1967. Right. Yeah. So so to me, it's all about being untou- untouchable. I use that word untouchable, unhittable. Mm-hmm. DeGrom is, is is better, but, but I love Cole. And we're going to get, and I actually want to get to Cole, um, you know, in, in a second, because I know you saw what happened today or in, in the interview. Um, but De, De, DeGrom is, is on another level. I think he's clear and by far the best pitcher in baseball. To answer the question, I had Jacob DeGrom as the second best player in baseball when I did my top 20 players uh, back in March. I had Garrett Cole at number nine. So I think that kind of answers the question for itself, who I have as the better pitcher. Going to the chat on Facebook, my husband says boys were taught to steal signs, tar the bat, spit on the ball, slide with spikes, you know, et cetera. So give up a break on the pity nowadays. You know, I think I agree with that. I mean, back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, they did everything they could to get an advantage. I mean, if you've ever seen the movie Major League, that pitcher even says like, hey, I got this substance here. You know, I don't have a 96 mile an hour fastball like you do. I got to come up with everything I've got to get an advantage. So I agree. I agree that, you know, they did all that in 50s and 60s and people are complaining about it now. Going back to the chat. Here on Sports Angle, have your angle be heard. Better conditioning and less beer. (laughs) (laughs) 
Less beer. I don't know about that. <laughs> More conditioning say, to burn off that beer. <laughs> I was going to say, don't go into clubhouses because they'll be popping bottles left and right. I mean, right. I've seen those photos. You've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, though. <laughs> the lowest ERA in history was by Tim Keith with a 0.86 in 1880. Do you oh, think wow. DeGrom will break that? No. He's at what 0.57, I think, going into today. Yeah, he's like 0.57. And now I'm I'm gonna be honest. No, I think I mean again, I'm not gonna, you know, like jinx on my team, but I think he should again, if things are straight, he's healthy. You know, he actually had a small extent on the DL already, mm-hmm. but he's predominantly, you know, been healthy. I, I see another like 1.6, 1.5. You know what, I agree with you on that. Like Tim Keith, I mean, that was like the second season the MLB ever existed. So I'm just going to say, no, he's not going to break that record. But I'm glad you brought that up. That's a, that's a huge fun fact. Right. Back to the chat, just reading everybody's comments, making sure y'all are involved. Sandy Koufax is one of the most entertaining pitchers to watch. Well, thanks, Vegas. Mike, I had you come on the show on Monday. We had a really good interview, 500 episodes. It was a really good time. You know, Sandy Koufax was one of a kind. I mean, he could have played five more years, but he retired in his prime. A lot of people forget that. The Sandy Koufax retired to like in his prime. So it's insane to think what he could have done for the Dodgers. I mean, do you remember anything about Sandy Koufax when it comes to, you know, the way that he played the game? He was one of the top five pitchers when he retired. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, they, they, they always talk about that when they talk about players in sports. And generally they had a segment about players retiring in their prime. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, Barry Sanders was mentioned for football. Um, they mentioned Calvin Johnson. They mentioned Sandy Koufax. Um, and then, obviously, there were some that were that had to retire in their prime due to injury, like a Terrell Davis, um, a, a Gail Sayers. So they did have a big segment on that. But, no, Sandy Koufax, um, he was uh, – there's only one Sandy Koufax. You know, that's pretty much why I'll leave it, you know, seeing footage and – just the way he played the game and how dominant he was. Discover the new three-step pro partial range specifically designed to clean your partials and remaining teeth in three simple steps. Clean your partial, strengthen your natural teeth, protect your whole mouth. Stand up to further tooth loss with Polident Pro Partial. Available at Walmart. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. We're all reading your comments. We're having your angle be heard here on the Sports Angle. Now, on Twitter, this is for both of us. The Dodgers are struggling in the National League right now. Does this put a smile on your face? I'm going to start with you. I mean, for me, it's, it's yes or no. My thing is we have the settled business in the East. You know, we, we, we already have the Phillies and Braves. Um, Suppose that Washington is really struggling, but we saw what happened when they won the World Series. They were yeah, terrible and then just went on a monster streak. So um, the Dodgers, which which going in was the best, 
you know, the champs and then the best team on paper and added, you know, stole Trevor Bauer from us, you know, obviously. Um, but, but, you know, it's, it's a yes and no. no. I mean, my thing is we don't have to, we don't have to, they don't dictate if we make the playoffs. It's ourselves and then the teams in my division. So right now with, with the Giants and San Diego, they got their own issues. Um, so the, right now I'm not even focused on the Dodgers. It doesn't bother me at all one bit, yes or no. Yeah, they don't really bother me. I mean, I am a Cubs fan, so I'm worrying on the Brewers and Cardinals right now more than anything else. But Dodgers not being the best team in baseball has kind of quieted the fans just a bit. So that does make me at least somewhat happy. So one more comment, and it was, tell the batter to stop swinging up, and the ERA will go up as a a result. Uh, They obviously watched Monday's video where I was saying that kids now are being taught to not swing level like instead of you know meeting the ball level they're now being taught swing up and because they're being taught to do that the ball is going more in the air that's also the reason why you're seeing a lack of line drives because when you're hitting it level it's going to cause it to go downwards but when you're teaching it to go up it's going to go upwards right so this person brought up a really good point but do you think kings are that that is a fundamental issue like I said, a lot of these kids, when they're eight and nine years old, they're bat, they're coaches, you know, when they're in Little League, when they're in Pony League, when they're going up to Babe Ruth and all of that, they're not being taught the correct way to hit. They're being taught to hit up. Is that a well, fundamental issue? Well, I can tell you from example, you know, having, you know, my son, um, I will say yes and no. It depends on what organization that you have them in, if it's a good organization, if it's a good coach. You know, uh, my son, you know, he, he played, you know, and this is when he's young, we're talking eight years old mm-hmm. at the time, a couple of years before the pandemic, um, when, when I started getting into AAU basketball and I was noticing, you know, kids that lived in, well, I'm in California. So just for example, kids live in, let's say, three cities over, maybe 30, 40 minutes over coming to our AAU league, putting their son because they said the program where they live at and the coach, it's not good. Our, the fundamentals that he teach are not good. And he doesn't have a good reputation amongst other parents. Where this coach that, you know, where we live at, he's got the reputation, the success is there. We see kids develop. So I'm sure, you know, in baseball as well, you know, depending on who your coach is, I'm sure there's a lot of coaches or parents that coach that don't know the full fundamentals and they're maybe doing it because their kid wants to play and they don't have the organization or the coach, the proper coach to do it. So they step up and do it, and which is commendable. But at the same time, you may be teaching wrong fundamentals. So every organization is not top notch. Every organization does not have the proper coach. So I'm sure, unfortunately, there's a lot of kids being taught wrong techniques, wrong fundamentals and things of that nature, unfortunately. That was, you know, our comment section, our chat, giving everybody a chance to have their angle be heard live on the air. And as we transition, we talked about, you know, the foreign substance, we talked about pitching, we talked about replays and all of that. I want to transition over to Mets baseball, because mm-hmm. I know you're a Mets fan. Everybody who watches this show knows that your host, Rocco Kelly is a Cubs fan. And these two teams have had interesting dynamics. The Cubs are currently tied for first place in the Central. They're, you know, won two games back to back. 
And the New York Mets are currently two and a half ahead of the Atlanta Braves. They've had the lead in the division for majority of the season. Right. But yet again, the odds in Las Vegas are kind of sleeping on the Mets. I mean, the Mets are plus 900, but they had the Padres ahead of them. Chicago's ahead of them. New York's ahead of them. LA's ahead of them. Personally, I think that's not correct. I think the Mets should be higher considering they're hitting, they're pitching. I think their bullpen is doing better than most people expected them to be. They're not just blowing games like they were all the time last year. So I just wonder from a Mets fan's perspective, do you believe that Vegas and the odds makers here are undervaluing the New York Mets with them only being plus 900 on the odd sheet? Think they're being undervalued? Well, I should go get some money and go put it on them right now, you know, for, get those odds. But um, I, I say yes or no. And, you know, again, I try to I try to look at it and be unbiased about it, you know, the Mets, you know, especially of recent, we haven't had the best track record. Um, we tend to at times, you know, play good and then fall off. Um, you know, we haven't had a lot of playoff success or appearances. You know, we did go to the World Series in what, 2015? Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Matt Harvey, when he was dominant at the time. Um, but I think what, what it is, is our offense while on paper looks pretty solid, it's still struggling. Um, I do think we have, if not the best pitching right near the top, you know, I do, I do think that, Mm -hmm. Um, but I just think it's more of prestige and reputation. You got the Dodgers over there. You got the Padres who look absolutely phenomenal on paper, right? I mean, their pitching staff should be just as good as ours. It's not quite there yet. But, you know, with the moves they picked up when they went and got um, um, Darvish and they went and got um, Snell and, and then, you know, the hitting was, was already spectacular. But then, you know, you had the Braves who were the team to beat last year, um, the Phillies. You know, I just think, that, you know, not even getting to your division, which is supposed to be a little down this year. Um, but with Milwaukee and the Cubs, and Milwaukee got those two aces um, – uh, Woodruff and uh, Burns, um, they're looking pretty nasty. And the best there. closer in baseball, John. Right? Hayes. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Exactly. So, so I think I think I'm gonna say yes and no, but I kind of like it as a fan. I, I wanted I want us to kind of creep under the little, you know, when everybody talking about the Giants, you know, the Dodgers, and you know, let us just let's sneak on by. You know, we don't need all that little pressure. You know, let us get our stuff together. And I believe once our hitting comes around to match our pitching, then I think we'll be a really a force, you know, to reckon with. But odds-wise, I, I, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Talking Mets baseball here on the Sports Angle with Kings ROG. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Earlier in the year, when I did all my predictions, I said it was going to be a Subway series. I said it was going to be the Mets, and I said it was going to be the Yankees. Now, I always keep my predictions – until it ends up being changed, until one of them's eliminated, then I will refine it. You know, I will, you know, change certain things around. I still believe the Mets can make the World Series. I still believe in this team. But what do they need to do from your perspective to be in the World Series? What do they need to do maybe at the MLB trade deadline a month from now to make sure that they do get past the Giants, the Dodgers, 
the Padres, the Cubs, the Cardinals, the Brewers. What does the Mets need to do? So as far as our pitching, you know, again, the bullpen, again, this is barring injury. You know, we do have, we do have a couple of injuries, um, Conferno and uh, things like that. But on the mm-hmm. pitching side, um, bullpen is, is perfect. Like I, I don't, I, I don't see another bullpen, <laughs> you know, the dominance is, you know, I love it. And, and that, that was a place that we were lacking the last couple of seasons. Um, I'm waiting on Thor, you know, um, Syndergaard, you know, he had a setback. He was supposed to come back. He had a minor setback. Uh, we need one more starter and, you know, hopefully that's him. However, if, he does not able to contribute this year or, you know, coming off the Tommy John, then I do think we need another starter. We have DeGrom, we have Stroman, we have Taewon Walker. I love those three. Um, then we have Peterson, pretty solid young guy. And I was a fan of Lucchesi that we got from San Diego. He mm-hmm. hasn't looked good at all. He hasn't looked good at all. So I believe we need another starter for one. Um, as far as our lineup if you look at you know i'm kind of looking at it now we got some injuries um i think we need one more big bat um and that could be at third base um it could be at second base um we were missing our center fielder like i said we do got injuries we got two outfielders out conforto and um uh, what's our center fielder you know our starter um uh, you're drawing a blank on his name but he's been out for i know mcneil's injured not yeah, McNeil's hurt. Um, oh my goodness, it'll come to me. Um, but w- once we get those guys back, you know, th- those are good contact hitters. You know, we only really got Pete Alonzo. I mean, Lindor struggling. He needs to come around, <laughs> but you know, he's on the team already, so that's not about making him move. I just think we need one more big bat, one more starting pitcher. So um obviously when we get closer to that deadline the trading deadline i would definitely look to get you know a starter you know a big bat you know preferably at you know third or second we got a lot of outfielders we just need them to get healthy um but if thor can come back that would be an added bonus in my opinion uh twitter helped you out brandon nemo Nemo, finding Nemo. I'm trying to find him. There you go. Right. Yeah. A really good, a really good player um, who they didn't think could hold down center field defensively. And actually he was doing pretty good this year. Um, we went, we, we were going to bring in um, uh, the guy, he went to Toronto from Houston, um, Springer. Yeah. George Springer went to Toronto at the last second. And then he's, I think he's still hurt. Right. I think he's been hurt for most. Yeah. yeah he's been injured for a lot. Like so that was that, that worked out great <laughs> that we didn't pay that money. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that that's, that's just it. We just need, we just need our offense, you know, overall it's underachieving and the pitching is lights out. So that's just, let's just, if we even hit half as good as we should with the pitching, We'll be, we'll be tough to beat, man. We'll be really, I think we'll be tough to beat. Talking about Mets baseball here on the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. We're here with Kings ROG. Their manager, Luis Rojas. Now, I understand there are going to be people who are going to say who. You know, him being, you know, around a first-time manager in MLB. You were going to have Carlos Beltran. Right. And the whole cheating scandal uh, popped up. So he was. That hurt, that hurt me right there, man. I love Beltran. <laughs> And then I liked him too, man. He was a really good player. 
But Luis Rojas, it seems like he has control with the team. It feels like he has, you know, the boys got them back. Unlike Toyla Russa, who's yelling at a cloud in Chicago, right. the Mets, they actually have a manager they trust and they respect. Right. So what do you value his performance so far? Like, what would you give a grade for Luis Rojas in the first year as manager? So that's the thing. And that's why he got the job after the Beltran, you know, fiasco, you know, the Houston Astros fiasco was the players loved him. So that was the thing in the light, you know, when he, you know, when he was the assistant, um, they said he's a great motivator, you know, the, you know, so when I heard that, no, he's not a big name, you know, and he's not Carlos Beltran, but I'm like, big names don't always get, look at Tony La Russa, this you mentioned, who hasn't coached in, you know, since the VCR tapes, I don't know, however long, you know, he just luckily inherited a great White Sox team in my opinion, which is why they're doing pretty well. Um, but as far as our coach, um, I'd give him, I give him a B minus right now, B minus room, room for improvement. Um, you know, some stuff's not in his control, but I just think him X's and O's, his motivation, like you said, control the team players listening. I give him about a B minus right now. You know what? I actually was going to agree with that as well. I was going to give him a B I like what he's doing for the organization. I like the fact that he actually trusts his players to get the job done. There's managers like Tony La Russa that's stuck in the past. You know, they don't really trust their players on the field. They want you know micromanage everything. And Luis Roas doesn't do that. If Pete Alonso has an idea, he lets Alonso go out and do that said idea. So I respect that. And the last thing when it comes to the Mets is the upper management when it comes to the executive side, you know, Steve Cohen, him coming over, buying the team, you know, kind of ending the Will Bond era, which a lot of Mets fans cringe when they hear the name Will Bond yeah. because of what they did to the organization. Co yeah. uh, Cohen, he brought in, he came in, he started buying players. He started making trades. He wanted to make an impact in Queens. More importantly, he said it himself. He wants the Mets to be a powerhouse. He wants them to be on the same level as the Yankees when it comes to that success. That's what he wants for the Mets organization. So what do you think about Cohen and his performance so far? And what do you think about his approach to where it's like, you know what? I have the money, you know, unlike the Will Bonds who are not willing to spend a dime, he's going to go out and he is going to make this team the best that it can be. What do you think about Cohen? Love it. Been waiting on it. Where this is New York. I, I'm, not, I'm not from New York, but I'm tired of the Yankees. <laughs> you know, the yeah, again, we go back to the 90s and you got you gotta remember what I grew up on. And you know, them and the Red Sox getting all the players. And I'm like, dude, we're right here across the you know, the lake or the river or whatever separates the Yankees and the Mets. Is it a lake or a river? I don't know. You might know more than I do. Yeah, but, I know. But I'm like, I'm like, this is a big market, dude. We 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 strike out. We don't get none of these players. And no, dude, I, I was highly excited when Will Pine got, you know, when this, when this transaction happened. And and like, I, I'm giving him an A so far, you know, for what he promised us and how aggressive, you know. People tried to say, you know, again. Why didn't you up the offer for Springer a little more or blah, 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 blah. You know, you need a center fielder. And, and, you know, I hear it, but 
I'm like Springer, Trevor Bauer, Springer, Trevor Bauer, Bauer into Grome. With that, I mean, how dominating is that? So I'm like, no, I get it. He he made him a great offer. He wants to go to Toronto, let him go to Toronto. Bauer screwed us. We offered him enough money, we offered him more money. But he right. used that. And according to sources, he was originally going to go to the Mets, and at the last second he said, no, nah, I'm going to go to Exactly. So I can't fault Cohen for that. I mean, Bauer apologized for that. He apologized. Dude, he had his YouTube channel. They had Mets gear. I don't know if you knew that. but I, I've seen it. Yeah. So, no, I, I love it, dude. I'm, I'm excited. I get the, the, this deadline coming up. We don't have the best farm system. We got some guys, but we don't have the best. But I just think with his aggressiveness and, you know, just the direction that he's already shown – I think definitely whatever we need, he feels to get us over the hump, especially if we're still in the position that we're in. I, now I'm more confident that, hey, we need that starter. We're going to get that starter. Or, you know, in the offseason, we, 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 that player, you know, Yankees and, and Houston Astros and, oh, no, Mets too. We're going to pay too. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited that we have that in place now. The MLB trade deadline, I'm glad you brought that up. I just want to ask this one final question as we are talking about Mets baseball here on the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. We're here with Kings ROG. And you mentioned that they could be buyers at the deadline, that the Mets are going to be wanting to go all in on a World Series run. You said starting pitching earlier in the segment. So would it be possible that the most unlikely trade partner would make a deal with the Mets, and that is the Yankees. A lot of people know that the Yankees and the Mets, they make trades on occasion, but they normally don't trade from Brooklyn to Queens. They don't trade from the Bronx all the way over to the Queens. It's not uh, it's not likely. So do you right. think that there's a possibility that, you know, Domingo Herman, or do you think it's possible that Corey Kluber or someone in that rotation for the Yankees could go over to the Mets for the right price? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, I can 100% see it. But I have my sights, you know, on, on bigger names. Um, Herman, you know, who obviously got suspended last year. Um, I, I would rather get a guy that could be potentially the number two guy behind the Grom. I mean, I'm, I'm satisfied with Strowman. Don't get so me wrong. Maybe a Steven Strasburg with Washington. I'm Nashville. looking at Barrios from the Twins. Ooh. That would be their last point. place. They were supposed to be, and baseball is still early. Like I said, I don't, I don't, that don't mean the Twins can't get back into it, but they're, they want, they only have 24 wins. They're in last place. Um, if, if they're still in that position, Barrios in that rotation, I would love that. So I'm kind of looking at teams. I'm kind of looking at positioning right now. And again, don't, I will take her mind. Don't get me wrong. He's definitely better than LaChesse. And I mean, he's even better, some better than Peterson. So, you know, we got our three, Walker, Walker, Strowman, and DeGrom, that's set. Thor is a wild card. You know, we'll have to see when he comes and back. Rasco when he comes back. Uh, oh, I, I, we didn't mention him, right. I, see, I didn't, forgot about him. That, and that's another big thing that we're, see, we're missing key pieces. And to still be in first place, I might actually bump that up to a B instead of a B minus. <laughs> now Carrasco's a huge is a huge uh, yeah came over in the Francisco Lindor huge missing piece but yeah but like I said I'm kind of looking at a I'm kind of looking at an ace man you know uh, Barrios you know 
we got to check the numbers and stuff like that. But even if it's a rental, if we're trying to win a World Series and we don't need them long term, I mean, we did that with Carlos Beltran. Speaking to him, remember, mm -hmm. even though he ended up staying, but at the time he was the last year of his contract, and some people thought it was a rental. And then we ended up making a great trade, trading him to the Giants for um, Zach Wheeler and a great trade, like you know, because he didn't do nothing with the Giants. Mm -hmm. And that ended up being great. Then we ended up losing Wheeler as another story. But um, yeah, no, I'm definitely, I'm definitely open to that and think it's possible. You mentioned the outfield. Uh, Nemo's uh, injured. Uh, McNeil, who does play some parts in the outfield, he's injured in Conferto. Mm -hmm. So guys like Joey Gallo, who's playing for the last place Texas Rangers, uh, players like Cedric Mullins, who's playing for the last place. Oh, man, I love him. Like, love those two are really good outfielders, but unfortunately play for among the worst teams in baseball. So if you're the Mets and you know that you're going all in on a World Series push, would you call up Texas and say, hey, we got two good prospects here. Is that enough to get Joey Gallo? You call up Baltimore and say, what do you need for Cedric Mullins? You need cash? You need a prospect? What do you need? I got you. See, my thing with Gallo, I mean – Ah, Gallo, man, that average hurts me. <laughs> I know he can knock the ball out the field. He lost a lot of weight. He's, I don't know if him, because he's not hitting the home runs at the same rate that he was his first couple of seasons, but he just can't seem, do I want to deal with another power hitter that's hitting 210, 220? Mullen, no, he's a true outcome hitter. It's either a strikeout, a walker. Right. Mullins, on the other hand, oh, man, I would love to get my hands on him. <laughs> I would do all that and in, in, in throwing prospects, a bag of Doritos, uh, a two-liter, whatever they want. <laughs> exactly. I love Cedric Mullins, and, and I, I do fantasy baseball, and he, you know, he was one of my sleepers this year. You know, he showed potential in the short season last year, but no one saw this. I actually saw – he may have been doing better than I thought, but I saw a breakout season this year, and the dude is unbelievable, and he fit right in uh, blue, orange, and white. One final question when it comes to the MLB trade deadline, which is a month away in July. Right. Do you believe in the idea that it is taboo to trade within a division? So if you're the Mets, you call up the Miami Marlins, and you make a trade between the two. A lot of people consider that off limits, or if you do, it's like, you know, you're trading a low A ball prospect for somebody that's going to be a utility player, or like you make a minor trade for it, but you don't really make a big trade because of how many times you're going to have to face them in the year. So do you agree or do you disagree that it is kind of a taboo thing to do to call up the Phillies and say, hey, how much do you want for Gene Segura, for example? Right. No, no, I've always been that way in any sport, you know. Um, you know, like in the Cowboys, we've traded with the Phillies a couple of times. We just, you know, the, the uh, what was it? The Phillies and Dallas just screwed the Giants, you know, Devontae. Uh, NFL draft, yeah. Um, so either way, but my thing with that, that was okay. Because either Devontae Smith's going to be on Philly or the Giants, we're still going to see him twice, right? Mm -hmm. So it isn't like we can get out of that. But, but in general, no, you never want to trade a star player that may regret it and look forward to playing you twice, four times, whatever sport it is a year. And, you know, we've seen 
usually those players that are the good players on the minor trades, I have no problem with, like you mentioned, but I no, I don't agree with trading a big player within your division because they usually comes back to haunt you. So this was like our MLB conversation here on the sports angle. We have a couple minutes left. So I want to talk about the NBA for just a quick second. The NBA playoffs have been happening. It's been a lot of fun. It's exciting to watch all these matchups. Has there been one series in the NBA that you have been keeping a close eye on? Could be the Nuggets and Suns. It could be the Jazz and the Clippers. Could be the Sixers and the Hawks. Maybe the Bucks and the Nets, whichever one it is. Has there been one that you're just like, I got to watch this series. I need to know who's going to win it. Well, from that standpoint, since you do that at the end, because, you know, I, I love watching Brooklyn just play, you know, that everyone mm-hmm. hates on them, you know, and I picked them from day one, and it's just a thing of beauty. Uh, but as far as, like, man, this is intriguing, um, you know, you know, this can go either way. Um, it, it's obviously the series is out west, in my opinion, um, the uh, Suns and Nuggets or the uh, – Utah Clippers, which had a phenomenal game one last night. Um, and I think that I think both of those series are going seven games, in my opinion. Um, so clearly out west. However, the Atlanta Hawks, I, I thought going in, Philly might have an easy time, even though Philly did win that second game. And not the, it's not the case. I, I'm, I'm just saying, if you watch the game, even the, even in game two when they lost, when you look at it, like – Man, Atlanta, man, Atlanta. I, I would not be shocked if Atlanta won this series. I'm not saying they are, but I, they 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 just look so loose and having fun. And they got so many three-point shooters, Hoeta, Bogdanovich, Trey. Like it's I don't know, dude. That's that's that went from unintriguing to right there with the with the other series. The only one. To me, that is, I think it's going to be a cakewalk is Brooklyn. Um, I have them winning. I'm going to give Milwaukee a game, but I have yeah, a 4-1. Yeah. So, but the other three, man, are, are really up for grabs, in my opinion. For the people who watched my playoff preview a while ago here on the Sports Angle, you will know that I picked all the favorites except for one. I picked the Jazz over the Clippers because the Jazz were the favorites. I picked the Nuggets over the Suns because the Nuggets were the favorites. I picked the, the Nets over the Bucks because they were the favorites. The Atlanta Hawks were the only team I picked that were a underdog, according to the sports books here in Las Vegas. Wait, the I'm Nuggets were the favorite? Them, the, the Nuggets were the favorite? They were the favorite when they oh, wow. first opened. Yeah, oh, the wow. Denver Nuggets were the favorite. So understanding that, I, I believe in Atlanta. It's going to be a great series. And I had them winning in six games because the Atlanta Hawks, to me, they're more even out. They play more of that, you know, 10-man rotation instead of just having, you know, the same seven players be on the court at one time. So I picked Atlanta. I'm really intrigued by what the Hawks are going to do. So we have about 90 seconds left here on the sports angle. So, Kingsar, I want you to, you know, any final words, anything you want to say to the audience here on the sports angle. And if you have any social medias or any projects you're working on that you want to shout out, you can do that now. Yeah, I want everybody to check out, you know, my, my fans only. I'm just playing. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> another great show. Um, you know, I always love, you know, you know, we do other shows together, obviously, Monday Night Madness. 
Shout out to Andre. Um, I don't know, we may be doing that tonight. I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, catch us on Monday Night Madness with the Rise Up family. Uh, you can catch me. Uh, shout out to Dennis, uh, the Ignorant Thinkers podcast. We do Talk Is Tuesdays. Look out for that. If you haven't been watching, uh, really phenomenal podcast. And then uh, my other brothers that stay tuned, shout out to Joshua Bailey and the homies over there. Um, you know, we bring good stuff to the tables, great chemistry. Um, and like I said, man, you know, a big family here that, you know, me and you are both a part of. And, and like I said, we're doing some good things and, you know, I'll see big things in the future and just, you know, like us and share us on our platforms and, uh, you know, and just, we're going to keep it going and we're going to keep bringing you the knowledge, uh, keep bringing the questions. We got the answers for you. If not the answers, we got the predictions and it'll be very interesting. So, uh, you know, definitely, you know, keep that energy going. This is the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. We are here Monday to Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, every Monday to Friday. Go to sportsangle.com, read all the articles, audio, video, live streams, you name it. Thanks, King Czar, for coming on the show. And until next time, rock on, and we will see you later. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air.